It's episode six of the Improv London podcast with this week's guest, Ian McNaughton. This ain't gonna be easy. Hello, welcome to episode six. I'm your host, Stuart Moses. And I had, I really laughed. I really laughed when I had this conversation with Ian. And then I really laughed again uh, when I listened back to it while I was preparing this podcast. So I hope that you laugh too. Um, all my guests have made me laugh, but uh, I think Ian's possibly the one that uh, nearly made me choke. Um, here's lots of fun things we talk about. Fans of fish-based improvisation will know Ian from old. And a uh, big hello to all the dying Hake fans out there. And uh, we talk about Wax Lyrical and we talk about the uh, Free Association, and we talk about the May Day's Osho Leela experiences. Uh, do enjoy. It's not high tech. How are you doing in Norton? Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> I'm really good, I'm really good. Uh, we're recording this at uh, Morley College in the refectory, and uh, we're here for the Morley taste today, aren't we? We are, yeah, yeah. Although I misbooked it, so uh, I've only got one rather than three, but I'm going to try and sneak in. Which one are you booked on for? I am booked on uh, improving your poetry, uh, which, which assumes the premise that my poetry is already at some sort of level above crud, but um, yeah. I rhyme stuff when I do musical uh, improv, so which I guess is more like rap, but I don't think I dare do improve your rap. <laughs> I tell you what, if there'd been a free taste a day in Morley College for improve your rap, I would have signed up for I, it. I think I would too. I did do a thing with uh, Dave Waller yeah. uh, last year, and that was great fun. So, uh, but yeah, it was very white rap. <laughs> uh, very white middle class, so no no ghettos or hoods or. But that's something that Dave points out, isn't it? That we shouldn't be trying to pretend to be something that we're not, and we should be rapping about things that we are passionate about that do that's, mean things to us. And, I, you know. I think I think that's true. So I think I think I did a rap about toast, but because <laughs> uh, I like toast, you're in favour of it. I am definitely in favour. It's a of controversial toast. opinion, but we don't mind that on this podcast. If uh, it's if, it's, so, I, mean, I mean, it's out there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what what sort of shade of toast? Do you, do you we like? don't we don't edit on this postcard. We don't edit postcard. Postcard. <laughs> this is going to be slightly different than I thought it was, Stuart. Is this just going to be sent out with a picture of uh, a fat woman and her browbeaten husband or something? Uh, yeah, what can I say? It's the 21st century. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so um, one of the things we're doing on this podcast is talking to people about how they got into improv in the first okay. place. Yeah, because I'm really curious um, to know how did you go from being a normal person <laughs> to an, being an improviser, an improv muggle, an improv yeah. yes, improv um, muggle to an improv master. I I, ha- I have perhaps a slightly unusual route into improv. Uh, bear with me on this because it might seem like I'm just rambling incoherently. Um, it started out because I, I had this idea of doing a bucket list uh, and one of the things on the bucket list was to visit all the tube stations in London because I thought 
you know, there's some I go to quite regularly, like if when I was working in London or to go for a night out or a pub with the mates. Um, and I suddenly thought there are probably over 200 tube stations I've never visited. And are they really there or are they just drawn on? Um, that led me to looking for groups that did this. And I found this thing about people... Because you wouldn't who, want to do that sort of thing on your own. You, you, you would, definitely you, want to have some company if you no, can do that. It's, um, and uh, I found this form of people who tried to do it in the quickest time possible. And that actually reminded me that when I was at university years ago, a group of people did that. And I thought, oh, I wish I'd been in on that, because that sounds fun. Anyway, one thing led to another. Uh, and I did that, uh, oh, I don't know, must, uh, 2011, I think, November 2011. We have a rule on the podcast that uh, it doesn't matter if the date's accurate, you just have to commit to it. Okay, yeah. right. In 2011. No, February 1444, actually, and I'm quite <laughs> committed on that. Um, no, so anyway, I went and did that, and they were a fun bunch of people, although they did slightly scare me when I first met them. Um, it, it was because we started at High Barnet, which isn't a good place to start, right at the top end of the Northern Line, but it, it was just convenient to then finish at Cockfosters and meet at a hotel. But I night busted up there, um, and I walked in at the... To the waiting room about 20 past five in the morning having night busted up from south london and there were a load of quite nerdy slight slight social misfits and i was like oh my god do i really want to spend 18 hours on a tube train with you guys but they were absolutely lovely people uh, and then i've now got a load of friends there um this the person in question um wasn't there on that day but there, somebody who does it is a guy called jeff marshall uh, who was also on the web forum uh, and after a while he sort of po did a post saying um, does anybody want to come and see me do improv Wow! Uh, and I thought oh okay, I remember I used to like improv on Whose Line Is It Anyway which was my only exposure to improv in those days um, and I didn't actually go and see Jeff to be honest um, <laughs> but it did get me thinking and I thought oh he presumably does this with a group and I dug around a bit and I found Hoopla until one day at the beginning of 1762 no 2013 oh, I didn't commit sorry throw the rule um, one day at the beginning of September uh, sorry at the beginning of January in 2013 I wandered into the rag factory which which is quite a scary experience if you've never been there because basically it's <laughs> it is like, scary it's exciting uh, but scary it's, it's if you've never been there if you've ever watched the channel 4 show about the hoarder next door it's basically like that it's full of piles of junk and crap um, and I, I saw a room with a hoopla sign on the door, stuck my head round it and said, hello, is this the improv class? And was greeted by Steve Rowe, and that, that's how I started. So. <laughs> Can you remember how you felt on the, what you did on the first class? Uh, I was strangely nervous, but Steve's really good at making you feel at ease, and he does a nice little speech about how everybody's here to support each other and stuff. Uh, I think the first exercise... I ever did in improv was a mirroring exercise. So oh, you yeah. stand face to face and one of you leads and the other one follows and if one person moves their right hand uh, because it's a mirror, the other person moves their left hand sort of to the same position uh, and it goes like that. Uh, and then neither of you leads and it still strangely works. Yeah. Uh, but it, and at first I thought this is a weird exercise. Um, but I think looking back on it, it kind of gets you to be a lot more aware of what's going on around you. So you're listening not just to the words and things, but you're aware of body language and stuff like that. Uh, and it's a really good exercise. I can't remember much of what else we did that night. Uh, I think a few weeks in, we di I did a weird scene where I ended up as a strangely paedophile headmaster. Uh, and, and I 
Well, he, he actually wasn't a paedophile, but at that stage I was just saying the first thing that came into my head. Uh, well, I, I still do that, but it's kind of a little more random, random outbursts. Um, and uh, for some reason I was, I was the headmaster and this other person was his child and I said, do you want to come round my house? Um, and I apologised and he was like no it was really funny <laughs> and I think that's one of the beautiful things about improv you can say a load of stuff um, and everybody's there to support you yes um, it's also interesting you've got those stages at the beginning uh, where you do just come out with all these terrible things that you can't normally say that's uh, right yeah. but uh, eventually you almost get that out of your system and you could still come out with things that you don't expect, but it's not necessarily just from the gutter of your mind. Although mm. sometimes, Some, sometimes it is. It yeah. still is. Yes. Yeah, but it's. I know. I agree. It's not always. Um, yeah, that is the ni- one of the nice things. You you come up with absolute genius. I I think I do my best improv when the words are halfway out my mouth before they <laughs> pass through my conscious mind. So yes. Uh, yeah, that's a good place to be. I think. Yeah. Cool. So um, you started with the Hoopla Beginners Course. Did you go on and do the performance course? Uh, I actually didn't do the beginners course. I I started with the drop-ins. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And then I thought, well, I kind of want to do a show at the end of this. So after about six weeks, I signed up to the performance course. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Yeah, where I met some lovely people who I still know. Um, It's Oh, another rule of the podcast is uh, it's better not to start mentioning people in a class unless you're confident you can mention everybody in the class. Oh, okay, no, I definitely can't do that. It's not a rule, that's more of a guideline. Okay. <laughs> uh, can you remember much about that performance, your, your first improv performance? Uh, I rem- it, it, it was pretty good, actually. There was some fun stuff going on. I think there's... I felt a little bit of the pres- pressure, which I still do to some extent, that you're in front of an audience for a certain amount of time and you want to be funny, so if things are dying, you tend to throw everything at the wall, hoping some of it will stick. Yes. Uh, which, does, in a way, isn't that, the does, best does thing. Does that work? Um, it does occasionally, but probably more often than not, it just looks more of a clusterfuck than it did before, and it's probably still not funny. So, I, so I think, uh, yeah, some of the other people were fishing, and I thought I'd go on as a fish, which was, which, which was quite a difficult thing to do, and probably nobody except the front row could see what was going on. You were on the floor, do you? Um, uh, yeah, basically convulsing like a fish on the floor. Uh, but I feel feel the people sitting in the front row; they should be rewarded. They should they should get the good stuff that not everyone else can well, see. Well, they, you know. they, they did get the added bonus of me being a dying hake or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you go to improv for. <laughs> well, we, you know, all of us come to improv for different things, and yeah. you know, the 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 dying hake audience. I mean, it, we shouldn't shouldn't neglect them. We, we shouldn't neglect the dying <laughs> hake. In fact, I think I'm going to throw the dying hake into every improv show. <laughs> Cool, so you did the, uh, the Hooper uh, performance uh, course and did the show. Where did you go after that? Uh, well, we, we had a really great fun show. Uh, well, we did two shows, so there were too many of us for one group. Oh, they, were, they were both really good shows. Uh, and then a group of us went on from that to form a troupe called Goldfish Fire Alarm, which I've just realised is another fish reference. Um, and we went and rehearsed regularly, and then we went and did some dates at the Brighton Fringe uh, in 2014, uh, and a load of shows around London. Uh, yeah, that was a narrative group, so uh, we told weird and wonderful stories. It tended to be quite surreal. Um, 
like we oh, actually this was in a rehearsal we had one where um, we had a boy whose father had died in an air crash in the war uh, and he wanted to go back and meet his dad because he died before he was born um, so he ended up, up going on a journey to the Caribbean to meet Usain Bolt um, and then what happened was he got Usain Bolt to run very fast around the world like Superman does in the film to make time go backwards uh, one of our shows in Brighton uh, the Queen was perplexed at the lack of Englishness but for some reason everybody in England was infertile so she wanted to get she decided she had to get French women pregnant um, so she gathered a load of Prince Philip's sperm uh, entered the Tour de France and cycled around France throwing sperm at French women um, which was great fun because I ended up having to push uh, one of the guys in the team Steve uh, around the stage in a chair uh, which wasn't a wheelie chair so it didn't work too well <laughs> and he had his feet down uh, but that's one of the shows I particularly remember uh, but that, that, those two probably show the level of surrealness I, I worry that people that don't know about improv that's what they think all improv is like yeah I mean it, it doesn't have to be you can have some very sort of uh, emotionally touching moments and I also like that, that style of improv too so cool um so after, so did that group last for a long time? Or? Uh, we kind of dissolved after the, after that Brighton Fringe performance, although we'd probably been going about 15, 18 months at that You point. thought, this is as good as improv gets, we might as well just quit now. Um, <laughs> I think we'd kind of dropped in numbers a little bit, because uh, we were sort of, there were four of us who were really committed to it, and we dropped down from about eight or nine, who just found it a bit too much. Uh, and I think we were finding it hard going with four. Um, and some of the group didn't want to get new people in because it had started in the class I'd have been happy to do it Uh, but yeah I think that kind of killed the momentum a bit Um, so that takes me up to summer 2014 what did I do then? Uh, I did did some great workshops in summer I did one with Susan Messing and Rachel Mason from Chicago who are both absolutely awesome Uh, Susan probably gets more acknowledgement because she's just uh, she's got all these set these kind of quotes that are quoted throughout the improv world like (laughs) If you're not having fun, you're the asshole. Uh, uh, but Rachel is also absolutely brilliant. Uh, she's head of advanced improv at Second City, so she's obviously not shit. She just kind of <laughs> faded into the background a bit with Susan. Uh, so, yeah, that was really fun. And P-Graph, or Parallelogram of Phonograph, uh, who do a load of narrative stuff. Uh, and they're just lovely. And I love the ideas they have, because a lot of what they do, if you don't know them... Um, they basically take a sort of genre of stuff uh, and they get a group of people together, rehearse for about eight weeks and then do the show once a week for about six weeks. So they've done all sorts of things from French farce. Uh, I think the one they're doing now is a sort of 60s uh, Western thing like Bonanza, I guess. Oh, wow. I don't think I've ever seen Bonanza, but I've heard about (laughs) it. But, but yeah, so they really sort of do the... um, sort of tropes of the genres and stuff uh, which I think is kind of what's going on at the nursery now yes. with the shows they're doing I think that kind of came out of the idea of P-Graph because I, rem- I remember when they started talking about this on the uh, week intensive uh, everybody was at lunch going shit that's really sort of hit the reboot button on London Improv we've <laughs> got to do that 
uh, and Jules Munns and Judith at the nursery have kind of got that happening now, so that's really cool. Yes. yes. Uh, then, in, no way, am I getting mixed up? Uh, oh, no, I'd started musical improv by then. Uh, I started that January 2014. Uh, so actually, I started that a bit before because I did some stuff with. I first did that with Pippa Evans. Uh, her and Ruth Bratt used to do this Saturday morning drop in uh, at a place in Stockwell in a, a church hall. Oh, wow. Uh, and it, a lot of the time it was just sort of ordinary improv. Uh, and then one day Pippa came along with the guitar and said, I thought we'd do some songs. And I was. I was like, oh, okay, this sounds fun. Uh, and it was, although very difficult. Then I did a weekend with Maria Peters and Phil Lunn, and that was even more fun. Uh, and then I started doing the musical thing with uh, Katie Shoot and Jules Munns at the nursery at the start of 2014. Uh, and that kind of took off. Uh, did the next level up uh, we got a team out of that and then we went off and we did Edinburgh Festival this year yeah cool uh, which was cool uh, and then we have actually this I'm spotting a pattern here uh, we haven't done any gigs since uh, uh, that again was a case of uh, people dropping out because we started with about 10 and it went down to 6 of us um I'd like to do some, actually a couple of us did do one of the improvision nights that Lewis Harrison Barker runs uh, at the Miller which are huge fun so uh, uh, and lately I've been doing some stuff with the Free Association because uh, a lot of the stuff I've been doing um, has been quite a Chicago style quite organic slow burn stuff which I do love but I kind of thought I've not done much premise stuff yeah, uh, and rather than just go, oh, I'm not going to touch premise stuff because I don't like it, and I like organic stuff. I, I kind of thought, with improv, there's loads of tools you can use, and you pick different ones at different times. So if there's a tool I'm not very really skilled at using, it's good to work on that. So yeah. uh, it's, it's what we call the Mark Tyndall journeyman approach. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Rather than staying in one particular area where you feel comfortable, it's attempting to try all the different techniques so that whoever you're performing with, um, you'll you'll understand their kind of improvising vocabulary and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll come back to the FA uh, stuff because that's cool. really interesting. But yeah, let's talk about Wax Lyrical for a mm. bit. So, did that come out of a Mayday's? Wax Lyrical, uh, which is the musical troupe who I went up to Edinburgh with, uh, came out of the Mayday's course. Um, it was actually a, it was a little bit of a combination thing because the bulk of us were from the course I did at the start of 2014 most of us went on to do the level 2 uh, we got Helen in from the next level 1 and also somebody called Neil Goulder who done one of the previous versions yeah and so what was your uh, what was the kind of the style of the shows you put on what was the style of the group um, most of I mean we did we did because we did a couple of showcases uh, at the end of the courses. One of that Katie had taught us the La Ronde, uh, which if you don't know it, it's based. It's actually based on I think it's a fifties French film uh, about a, <laughs> all my so, favourite improv is based on fifties yeah, French films. Exactly, so I don't know if yeah. you would do that. Um, I think it's about somebody who's got syphilis. Uh, and, uh, uh, no, 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 no. And we track a previous statement. Okay. <laughs> 
of the first two characters, one of them leaves and another character joins, and it's about the spread of syphilis. And <laughs> if you if you call the first, I may, I may have misread this off Wikipedia, um, but if the first two people are A and B, the second scene's between people B and C. C and D, D and E, uh, however long you go on for, let's say, to E and F. Yeah. And then the sort of final scene is between person F and then person A from the first scene comes back in again to make it the circle, which I think is what Le Ronde is. Hey! <laughs> Uh, but yeah uh, so we did one of those and that really worked Um, and I think it's a shame we never did that again but most of what we did was just montage stuff we did we did um, try and do narrative yeah at one point uh, in the run up to Edinburgh because I love narrative I love music box I I I wanted us to be like music box I love music box and surreal shit because it's basically what Goldfish Fire Alarm we're trying to do uh, but they have songs as well uh, and we actually got in Justin Brett from um, Showstopper to coach us uh, and I'm not sure why it didn't work I think we, we just sort of felt in the run up to Edinburgh it was too much to take on it was all getting a bit heady yeah. Justin was great yeah, uh, it's, brilliant. it's nothing to do with Justin it's just where we were at yeah. um, and I think people were like it's a rehearsal it's going to suck again and then we we suddenly decided actually let's put that on ice for yeah. the moment got Katie back in and suddenly rehearsals were full of joy and just dicking around and having a really good laugh just doing montage so that's what we took to Edinburgh I mean the, yeah I mean the idea of being able to do proper narrative musicals oh it's so exciting and if mm. you know if you can do it that's the most I'm going to be controversial here. The most magical of all improv forms, I, in my opinion. But I can equally understand how, you know, you've got a show in Edinburgh, let's... Also, this is supposed to be fun as well. Yeah. So this is kind of the two sides of things. I think that is the thing with coming up to a festival or maybe a big show or run or whatever. It can sometimes become a little bit like work. Yeah. Uh, which maybe isn't that bad a thing. Because although this is huge fun, I do kind of want to work to be the best I can. But... But yeah, that, that had gone just a bit too far and it was actually uh, sort of sucking the energy out of the group. Right, and, yeah. So we weren't doing good performances because of that. So was this the first Edinburgh you performed at? That's the first Edinburgh I've performed at. Uh, or, or even... Actually, it's not quite true to say I've never been. Because uh, my dad's side of the family's from up there and I've been up to visit a couple of times. Uh, and one of the times I happened to be there uh, on the first day of the festival. All right. So a few, few of us were sitting in the pub and suddenly these massive march band of pipers came in and conversation <laughs> became impossible uh, I mean some people maybe it's just the Scottish blood in me but I actually loved it yeah. I, I mean bagpipes can sound a bit droney and whiny and horrible but they are oh, a battle weapon they are a battle weapon in themselves and for use outside yeah I mean you know within those parameters as a, as a machine of war and outside I'm on board with the, the bagpipes the bagpipes <laughs> yeah yeah these were indoors in a pub these were indoors in a pub and it was just so atmospheric I absolutely <laughs> loved it but then we left the next day and uh, yeah I never got to see a show although I wasn't so much into seeing shows in those days so yeah that was my first Edinburgh Fringe proper this year and uh, did you uh, did you find it uh, was it like Vietnam was it like Vietnam did you get a thousand yards stare did you find the whole place sending you mad Oh, right, I, I see said, what you mean. Uh, yeah, you're sorry, the, 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 the conflict rather than the, just the country in just general. The country. Yeah, true, yeah. Uh, I should have said Nam. Nam, yeah. You don't know what I was talking about. 
Uh, yeah, it, it, it is Did you quite wish the American new. president would have pulled out earlier? No, no, sorry. <laughs> that actually, no, it didn't happen in one of our shows. Um, we, it, I, I, I know where you're coming from. Um, I was out there for a nine or ten days, I think, because we only had six, six shows to do. Um, but even so, it is a bit of a battle of attrition. Uh, and I'm like, how do people do this for three weeks? Uh, it probably didn't help because I was staying in a in a hostel uh, just to save money, which which was actually perfectly pleasant. But kind of you, you've not got any space to yourself. Uh, I was in a dorm with five other people who potentially rotated every night, um, and it's just yeah, there's there's not really anywhere you can go for a bit of peace and quiet. Yeah. And I do think personally, I need a bit of peace and quiet. I, lo- I love being part of a show and, and the atmosphere, but I also need a bit of time to recharge my batteries. And yeah. for me, that's in private. Yes. I think that's kind of an introverted thing. Uh, I think quite a few in- improvisers are I- introverted because I've sort of had this conversation before with some people. No, I'm. Uh, that's interesting. Not everybody. Yeah. But, but I know quite a few people who love love the buzz of a show, but need a bit of quiet time. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I mean I 100% agree with that, and I 100% understand that. And I think you know needing the time to recharge—that's interesting. I wonder. I just thought that was a thing. I didn't realise that was an imp, uh, introvert, an introvert, uh, an introvert thing. That's an interesting distinction. Yeah, there's a book by somebody called Susan Cain called Quiet. Uh, in a very understated title on a white cover, it's just embossed in a light shade of grey. Uh, and that's basically her idea of introversion versus extroversion. Extroverts get recharged by social contract, whereas introverts still enjoy it, but yes. it actually drains energy for them. And personally, I, that, I mean, that matches my experience. So yeah. I, I'm a big believer in it. So. No, it is it is strange. How how interesting it would be to be an extrovert and then I don't know, just not feel tired all the time around people. Mm. <laughs> I, th- well, I, th- I think extroverts get more tired when they are alone, because got, which kind of flips. But I'm I'm less aware of that side of things. Not, yes, not I, being that way. I suppose yeah, there has to be a certain amount of balance. And what I find difficult is getting that balance right. Mm. And so if I'm spending a lot of time on my own, I think, right, I want to see lots of people and I organise to see lots of people and do lots Mm. of stuff. Mm. And then it all seems to happen at the same time and I end up doing loads and loads of stuff and then I need actually to have... feeling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my tomorrow. I've got about four events on. Uh, And they all look super fun. I didn't want to say no to any of them. So I'm basically dashing around London. So this is literally tomorrow you've got four events on. This isn't a metaphorical tomorrow. No, tomorrow I have... uh, There's a group... I can't remember what they're called. Um, It's sort of... I don't think it's Battle Axe, but it's like Battle Axe. It's a sort of improv games thing. Oh, right. Where's Uh, that? I can't remember. I need to check (laughs) Uh, out. I got a feeling it's at Theatre Delhi. Oh, right. And I wanted to find out a bit more what it is, and I think they're looking for people to be in a troupe because there hasn't been any theatre sports in London for about four or five years. I've never seen it. I don't even know what it is. Oh, right, because that was going to be my next question, was to explain what exactly theatre sports is. I think you get given points if you do certain things. Right. Um, um, but beyond that, I don't really know. So that that should be fun. Then there's a poetry thing I wanted to go and watch. 
then somebody I know is having a birthday. And, uh, what was the other thing? I may have to pass on that one, because otherwise I'm going to have to duck out on my friend's birthday really early, like about eight, which seems a bit rubbish. Yeah. Plus she's having a hob roast, so. <laughs> and I don't want to miss that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, busy, busy times. But yeah, um, yeah, I tend to find when I, when we've got a show. Uh, I get really buzzy and hyper and I can't sleep afterwards. Or even Ooh, just an improv yes. workshop. Yes, 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 uh, yes. I sort of get home after an improv workshop maybe 11 by the time I've got home. Well, probably close to midnight because we usually go to the pub. Uh, I got work the next day and then I can't get to sleep till about yeah. three because I'm just buzzing. Um, and then the next day I feel like crap. Uh, yeah. Well, yes. Although it's weird because although physically I feel really tired, there's part of me that is... Um, more at peace or it's like I've got this thing in me that I did last night and it's kind of in the back of my mind so no matter if work is a trial you know I still think oh I did this show last night and that was a scary thing to do but actually I went and did it anyway so even though I'm physically tired I've still got this kind of you know yeah oh yeah totally it's a real it's yeah it's kind of like a drug I guess not that I've ever done drugs. Uh, <laughs> police listeners. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, this—you know—we don't want to uh, exclude any of our drug-taking listeners. No. We also welcome you. To... <laughs> we do. And the small overlap of <laughs> drug-taking fish fans. <laughs> this is your podcast. They've been waiting. They've been waiting for this moment. Finally, the Venn diagram <laughs> ovals <laughs> coincide. <laughs> I mean, there's a small amount of drug-taking fish fans, but those that are listening to this are really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, <coughs> um, yes. Hello. Hello. We do a um, pop-up cafe here from the Draggy Cafe every, uh, well, every month, but actually next year will be a couple okay. of times a month, last Friday at the month. Cool. Lovely. Uh, we run a, so this cafe, the Dragon Cafe, is on Borough High Street. I don't know if you've ever heard of us. But we're, well, we're pretty much the first in the UK having a sort of creative cafe focused on mental health. But it's open to anyone. Oh, okay. Brilliant. Uh, Lovely. Thank you. And you'll need the table at 1.15. Yeah, so just give me a little bit of Thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> Cheers. We better check the time. Uh, right. Yeah, that was a slight interruption from somebody telling us about his pop-up cafe. But uh, if you want to find out more information about that, uh, go to Dragon Cafe at... Oh, no, that's not the address. It just looks like an address. <laughs> it's Dragon yeah. Cafe at Morley College. Oh, just yeah. realized that's not actually an email address. I was just... No. <laughs> it looks like an email address. It does. Yeah, it? yeah, it's got the at sign. Yeah, it's got the at sign. Yeah, the at sign's being used uh, all over the place. Now. Yes. Yeah. Just going to put it dot .com at the end. Yeah. yeah. Does that, well, OK, we'll give that a go. Uh, it's like, you might need to bounce. You might get bounced. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, um... So far on this podcast, I've been interrupted by a fire alarm, episode one, Steve Rowe. Um, and also, when I was uh, interviewing Jules Munns, we have someone coming to borrow the Hoover. So, um, oh, okay. So, so, interruption. So, Stephen and Christelle didn't get interrupted. No, we were around Stephen's house, so oh, that, was, okay. uh, that was a little bit easier to uh, oh, okay. organise. But um, I don't edit. And that's not an artistic choice, it's just I'm quite lazy. And I've got a lot of things that I'm trying to do anyway, so. Uh, 
<laughs> and it requires a lot of software. <laughs> well, you know. Actually, it doesn't. I've done it myself. Just download Audacity. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's very uh, much my, my, uh, my editing software of choice. Mm. Uh, yeah, so we were talking about um, so the buzz of uh, improvisation yeah. um, and how you get a buzz from doing a workshop and also a buzz from doing the show. Definitely. Um, and it's... For me, it's the um, doing something that scares you, um, but just being really present. Mm. I think when I'm in a workshop or you know doing a show, I'm more in the present moment than I am normally. Oh yeah, definitely. Is that what's tiring? I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I totally agree about the being present thing. It's, it's amazing the power improv has, even if I've had a really crappy day at work and I'm stressed, within about 15 minutes of playing Zip Zap Zop or whatever, <laughs> uh, how suddenly my, I stop thinking about that and all the energy flows back into me and yeah, because I'm, I'm present in the room. I've long resigned myself to the fact that I'm never, ever going to have the chance to do a workshop or a show when I'm feeling well. Mm. I'm always going to be feeling tired. I'm always going to be feeling ill to a different extent. But you just have to go along. And then, as you say, you do the warm-ups, which I, mm. are so crucial to me. Um, and then, yeah, the energy comes and you're in the Yeah, top. I mean, maybe that is what's tiring. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, interesting. Because, I mean, it's probably a state a lot of people aren't totally in in a lot of their everyday lives. Or maybe that's just me. Because <laughs> uh, I work as a physiotherapist, uh, so a lot of time I've got to be with patients, thinking about that, thinking about how not to this and that. Uh, yeah, and it's a lot of thinking, thinking ahead and thinking back into the past and, you know, going according to guidelines. Uh, which is good. I think you should stick to those which, guidelines. Which, which, in a way, is good, yeah. <laughs> if, I, if, if I ended up touching people inappropriately. That would be... Uh, uh, I'm against that. that. That would probably get me struck off yes, or whatever and, you and, call and it. Don't do that, everyone. No, everyone. No. Uh, controversial opinion in Hawaii, don't do that. No. Touching inappropriately is... Uh, well, it's inappropriate, the clue. Mm very much from the name because you, you do have to touch people I mean you don't really you don't sort of like grab the crotch area in physiotherapy normally very uh, glad to hear but quite quite close to it around the hips and stuff if right. they've got a hip issue yes uh, so yeah I've become more comfortable with touching people this makes me sound like a pervert <laughs> and I don't like it um, no but I mean, I mean you, you I think in life outside of improv you're off you can be thinking about how you're perceived by others and stuff like that. <laughs> yes, carry uh, on. You know, am I impressing my boss? Uh, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah. Whereas with improv, you can you can do. I mean, there's probably some things you shouldn't do in improv. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, carry on. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, at the same venue we were at, because we uh, Wax Lyrical were playing at the nursery venue, which Jules and Judith sorted out, um, and uh, I can't remember which night it was. We had improvised Shakespeare, who were great, but one night they decided—I don't know whether they decided to copy shitface Shakespeare, uh, where if you don't know the premise, one of the people gets blind drunk every night and attempts to still do the show. Although that's that's uh, scripted, apart from the drunken interventions uh, but Improvise Shakespeare decided to do it and uh, I won't name names but what, one, of the, one of the members decided to grab one of the other members uh, crotch wow uh, bold move which which kind of worked but there were a few shocked gasps uh, 
it's kind of Shakespeare. Uh, he is, but <laughs> yeah, it's a, not 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 a not a move to make unless you're pretty confident about the reaction you're going to get. Yeah, I mean that, but that's not just improv. That's just a general rule for that sort that, of thing. That is general. I mean, rule. you know, uh, don't settle for consent. Go for enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the free association. The free association, yeah. Because that's that's quite a new name to me. Are they quite new on the scene? Um, I think they've been around for maybe a year and stuff. Right. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how it got kicked off. Uh, it's Mike Orton Tolliver, or OT as he's commonly known, uh, Graham Dixon from Ostentatious, and Jim Woods, uh, who's... He's from Boom Chicago, as, as OT is, uh, but they both live in Britain now, as far as I know, unless they've got a hell of a commute. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's really fun. Uh, did the level two with them, uh, then did the level three. Uh, you skipped the level one? I did, yeah. Yeah, I like that. You just, you know, I'm not doing, I'm not doing the hoopla beginners, I'm not doing the FA level one. No. You know, too, too good. Too good. <laughs> well, I guess I've been doing it for about two years then, and they... I said, you know, is it possible to go in? Well, it, it does say on the website, if you've got some experience, you may not need to do the level one. Uh, and there were some people I know who went straight in on the level three, so uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but that, that was really good, and I really enjoyed that, and I'm starting to see now kind of why the Harold can be fun. <laughs> well, I think, I think my first reaction to it was, this kind of seems really prescriptive. <laughs> Uh, and start to a format which it really doesn't have to be uh, but um, yeah the FA are really good at finding the fun in the situation and stuff so I'm signed up to do the level 4 so I'm obviously enjoying it yes um, I will never be a Mark Tyndall journeyman because well no alright I just the Herald it seems to me and I haven't ever trained to do it um, a needlessly esoteric form of improv that requires too much thinking and I'm not very good at thinking I yeah I totally understand that I think even having done it for a bit I am finding myself standing at the side sometimes going uh, what would, would is this the right time to do that move and it does put you a bit in your it puts me a bit in my head I think probably as I get better it will be less that way um I, I think I said earlier, I think I do my best improv when it's out my mouth before I realise it. Um, but I'm not at that stage yet with the Herald. Yeah. Um, kind of got that, because I've done a couple of the Maydays residential things in September, uh, and that really got to that. We were doing a format called The Living Room. Right, how did that uh, work? With Katie Shoot. Um, you basically have a load of people sat on the couch just talking about their lives and events and stuff. So it kind of starts from a true thing, and that's kind of the basis. Uh, and then if anybody kind of want, fancies replaying a scene or taking it a bit further or whatever... Um, you just leap up and do it and we, we were doing that and maybe because we were all clustered together in an improv bubble for five days in Dorset um, I was just leaping up when I really hadn't got any idea what I was going to say which is the best time to leap up exactly uh, there was just something I thought was interesting and then you come up with stuff and some something in your brain kicks in uh, I've likened it before to, is it Limitless the film with Bradley Cooper where he takes that drug and he just like suddenly every you know the sort of mists draw back and everything's absolutely in sharp focus yeah. it, that's kind of how I feel when I'm improvising well oh, that's, that's a cool metaphor 
Uh, yes, tell me, tell me about your Osho Lila experiences because I've never gone and I'd love to go, and it, but it sounds amazing. I've been three times. I first went September last year, 2014, uh, and I got there. Um, and, and it's a little bit strange because um, ever since I'd signed up for it a few months before, I've been getting these mail shots about conscious sexuality. Yeah. Um, and they were just from Jules Munns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not related to Osho Lila. <laughs> Sorry, Jules. Um, but it's, ba- <laughs> uh, it's based on some, I don't know, pseudo-religion thing, some guy called Osho who has... It was, uh, yeah, I think it's it anyway. Some mystic guy. Um, so it is a sort of commune, and the May Days just sort of use it as a good venue. And it has got a really nice vibe, and they're lovely people, but the conscious sexuality... Because I'm in favour of conscious sexuality, because unconscious sexuality has unfortunate connotations. I prefer sex when the other person's conscious. Well, I I said it. Oh dear, I wish I I think that's very much a minimum requirement. I I agree. Uh, but, but yeah anyway so there was loads of that and healing your chakras and stuff but anyway I got there uh, and it was full of the May days um, and it's just amazing because you're, you're you not only do the clock so it's basically through the day they have four slots each for an hour and a half and you do classes but then after that the May days are doing shows and people are showcasing what they did during the day and nobody stops talking about improv from the minute they get up till the minute they go to bed uh, the first night I was quite tired because I went down after work um, and I stayed up till about 3 o'clock uh, playing a game called The Christmas Tree is Like no, Sex is Like a Christmas Tree no, it was called Sex is Like but we had all sorts of things about Uh, so one of them was a Christmas tree which uh, it only comes out at Christmas it happens once a year happens and, once a year and then you, you're much, cleaning yes. up the mess on the floor for the next <laughs> few weeks uh, but that, that, that was one example of the game uh, it works best when you plug it in no I uh, yeah. <laughs> I have a rule about no improv on this improv podcast I've broken my own rule okay. and now I understand <laughs> no, why no. other people can do it if you like but it's just yeah. uh, not very good if I do it no um, so yeah and that was just a huge ton of fun uh, and then the one, they did another one in March which is slightly different because uh, it's like that but only two classes a day are the sort of because the, the classes in September you're basically choosing from a buffet of classes that are presented uh, and it's always impossible to know which world to pick because there's always yes. two or three other really good sounding ones yes um and then the March one, the afternoons you you spend with your group, uh, sort of putting together a format, uh, which is fun to rehearse with some other people. I don't think I enjoyed it quite as much as the September one, but it was still amazing. Then I went back this September to do all the classes I didn't do the previous September, but they come up with new ones, so I've still got a load I want to do. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do them this coming year because I'm off to Chicago in the summer. Chicago in the mm. summer yes tell me all about this with Stephen and Rosie. Is That's that... right yeah um, that would be Stephen who was on one of the other podcasts uh, Rosie. On episode 2 Rosie Ferguson I think. That's right Yeah. hopefully a future interviewee yeah. by Rosie um, basically Chicago's where a lot of improv started I mean you could argue the toss about improv history for years but it's one of the main places and where Del Close blah 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 um, and one of the big organisations the IO or as they were formerly known Improv Olympic but I think the Olympics 
hit them with a trademark suit or something. I love the fact that people are going to... They thought... You know, that, that improv thing, that's, that's going to be confused with a lot of people running and jumping and <laughs> yeah, that's, curling. That's, that, that's unlikely, isn't, isn't it? <laughs> the, uh, so uh, we've said the gold medal for Harold's too. <laughs> um, but anyway, in the summer they run a five-week intensive course where they cover everything from the ground up. So I kind of want to revisit the basics. Uh, and they go through and do a Harold's. And I've already done Harold's, but I still think I'm going to learn a shit ton of stuff. So go through and do that and I think they go back more to the uh, organic slow burn emotional based stuff uh, which probably is what I still favour even though it's been great to do some premise stuff Um, and then we were just chatting I was chatting with other improvs in workshops improvisers in workshops and we were like oh we're all going to Chicago and I can't remember who suggested it whether it was Stephen or Rosie but they were like shall we try and rent somewhere together and I was like that sounds really good because Airbnb just in somebody's spare bedroom most of the time if you're on your own Uh, and I'd kind of feel a little bit intruding even if they were the loveliest people Uh, and we did find this place in Airbnb anyway Um, but yeah we basically rented a flat for the five weeks and if you're not making a sitcom out of this I'm going to be really disappointed we should do shouldn't we I would love to watch a sitcom of this we'll stick GoPros around the corner does that sound creepy no, uh, <laughs> dear twenty-three in the improviser house. <laughs> Rosie is pouring cornflakes into a pool. <laughs> that sounds like it's going to be amazing. It, it should be fun. It's going to be sort of like off show, but for <laughs> five weeks instead of five days. Yeah. And the nice thing is we have each got our own bedrooms, so there's going to be a bit of quiet space, because otherwise I... It, it genuinely was one of the things that worried me, that if it was like Edinburgh Festival, but, but for five weeks instead of for ten days, uh, my head was going to explode, because yes. I wouldn't have any quiet time. Because I don't imagine we're going to go to the class and then going to sit in sombre silence reading truth in comedy. We're going to be going out and seeing TJ and Dave or Dummy or whoever... Uh, getting in at 3am and stuff like that so <laughs> that will make the sitcom a lot more entertaining if you are actually going out and doing stuff rather than sitting in your individual rooms yeah. alone reading our notes reading your notes <laughs> colour coding them with highlighter pens <laughs> although I do I do support the diligent <laughs> the diligent approach but uh, oh, that sounds amazing but it, but it is, and it's, it kind of shows the improv spirit, because I don't know either of them that well, although what I've seen of them, because they were both at Osho last September, they're great people. They're both lovely. Um, but yeah, Rosie was sort of like, oh, it's going to cost, I don't know what it was, seventeen, eighteen hundred pounds can you transfer 600 quid over to me? And I just did it. <laughs> yes. And no, yeah, there's, there's just that kind of innate trust between improvisers. Yes. Um, Yes, and they just improvisers just seem like nice people. Somebody, I can't remember who said this. Somebody said it's an effective dickhead filter, uh, and I think that's true. Although I'm sure there are some. Yes, uh, uh, no. Uh, Stephen uh, in episode two said very much the same thing. Oh right. Uh, he said he hadn't met an improviser he didn't like, and I went, "Oh, I have." Yeah. <laughs> but then he's just a nicer person than I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, that that was an improv moment because I kind of booked it without figuring out how I was going to sort it with work. Yeah. Because um, of the way I'll leave you. Oh, without going into too much details. Basically, it's difficult because of leave. Yeah. Um, but 
there's the improv saying jump and justify so yeah, exactly. I booked it and I'll work the rest out later yeah no it's brilliant, uh, brilliant. well we'd probably sort of better head off to our poetry we and give you a poetry thing yeah. uh, so uh, any final words how's improv changed your life uh, What's, what have you learnt through improv I need a big finish, no pressure. Oh, a big, big finish. Big finish, no pressure. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in improv, I've met so many great people who I now count as friends. Uh, I think it's also a great... It's just chilled me out a bit, because I was a bit of a stress monkey. Uh, and I don't think I'm totally free of that. But I think it's really helped an awful, awful lot. Uh, I can do things... Uh, now without spending too long thinking about what's going to happen I'll just start and trust that I can handle it and for that reason it's a wonderful thing Hooray! Improv is a wonderful thing I feel we should end on a song A song? (laughs) (laughs) But not today Not today We can if you like except we haven't got music Oh god no (laughs) Oh contraire it's just that Ian's one of my favourite people to do uh, courses with because we did a uh, a I can't remember what the course was. It was something to do a documentary making course. We did, we did a documentary filmmaking course. Uh, it's another one of these tasted days which we're doing in a minute yes. for poetry. Uh, but yeah, our topic was coffee. Uh, <laughs> and if, if I didn't know Ian or Ian, didn't know Ian as an improviser, the bit in the filming process where I. Went, Shall we finish this with a song? I would not have felt confident oh, having right. said. But I knew Ian. I thought, yeah, no, we'll go for that. We'll end with a song. Yeah, we, we had coffee. We we had two coffee. It is on YouTube. <laughs> it's on YouTube. Uh, Bootlegged. The, the, the sounds a bit dodgy because because the camera didn't have a fancy mic. But yeah, it basically <laughs> ended up with two coffee cups singing to each other, and then one of them turning out to be tea oh. as it t- it revealed its dark side. And I was really glad that your coffee cup knocked over my teacup just as I'd run out of things to. I don't know if you picked up on that. It was very quick, but it was like, I thought, I got nothing. He's knocked me over. Brilliant. Yeah, we, we, we were just wandering the streets near a city lit near Holborn, just completely dicking around without, <laughs> without a care in the world. Whereas, uh, yeah, it, we could easily have been embarrassed. That, <laughs> but we weren't. That's improv for you. Make a tit of yourself in front of the public. Although, when we showed the film at the end, someone went, what was that? Oh, did they? I yeah. missed that. I think it was in a good way. I think they meant that in a good way. <laughs> I'm sure they did. <laughs> to be honest, I don't really care. It's all it's all no. attention, and that's ultimately why. Yeah, that, that's why we do improv, for attention. <laughs> right, uh, let's go do some poetry. Let's do some poetry. <laughs> Cheers. I made this. That's improv! <laughs> that's improv.